Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Pop That Mama, a passionate first-time mum sharing my tips and tools for a positive pregnancy, childbirth and journey into motherhood. In this very exciting episode, I am joined by my lovely husband Tom to share our birth story with you guys. Enjoy listening. Thanks for tuning into the podcast, guys. I hope you are all doing well. So I've actually been thinking about recording this episode for a really long time. And I recorded it five weeks after Juniper was born um, by myself. And then I tried to record it again afterwards, but I really felt that it was missing something. And I've now realised that my missing link is my husband, Tom, because he was there and he was part of this experience with me. And so I have spent the last two weeks while he's been off for Christmas trying to convince him to do it with me and he has finally agreed. So we have him here today. Do you want to just say hi? Hi, everybody. (laughs) So how it's going to go is I'm going to tell the story and then I'm going to kind of go to Tom um, to get his insights and ask him a few questions throughout because I think it's really interesting to hear the the male's perspective uh, on the labour because it's obviously the woman is going for it from a physical perspective, but the man is there to emotionally support or your birth partner, whoever that is. Um, And it's really interesting to get their take on, on the story. So let's take you back to June the 10th. So I was one week overdue, which I now know isn't overdue because the due dates are inaccurate. They're a a guideline, Um, but it doesn't stop you from thinking that that is the date that your baby's gonna come. So I had been on a mission to kind of induce labor naturally. I think like we went to the shops and bought some pineapple. We'd heard that like eating spicy curry would help. And um, I had finally stumbled upon an article that said that walking was a really good natural way of inducing labor. So that day in total, I had walked 20,000 steps, which in hindsight was a bit silly given that it was close to my due date. Um, But I think it was towards the end of the day, Tom came in the room and was like, should we go for another walk? And I thought, you know what? I just want this to happen now. Um, So I went with Tom on the walk and then we got back and flopped ourselves on the sofa. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, I hope it doesn't happen tonight because I was actually really tired. So then we were sitting on the sofa and I felt this kind of wave-like feeling go across my stomach. And I'd not felt anything like that before. I didn't have any Braxton Hicks. And so I knew that that was the start of labor because it was an unrecognizable feeling and there was nothing else that it could be. So it was at that point I turned towards Tom and said, I think it's happening. I think it's gonna happen tonight. Tom, what was going through your mind if you can actually remember at this point? Yeah, it's a bit it's a bit tricky to remember everything, but definitely excitement, uh, some nervousness. I think I wasn't a hundred percent sure. I know you were sure, but yeah. um, you'd also said, could it be sort of indigestion or something yeah. uh, to do with your stomach or something? Um, and as you say, because you've not had any of the 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 sort of practice contractions, we didn't really know what the what the feeling would be like. So, yeah, it was definitely like a moment uh, to sit there on the sofa and just look at each other and realise in, I don't know, however many hours it wouldn't just be the two of us anymore. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think in that week, I was definitely on high alert. You know, we were constantly looking at each other in the morning. Is it going to happen today? Is it going to be be tonight? And so, yeah, it was a bit like, is this actually happening? Um. So then I think I said to you, Tom, I don't want to peak too early. I think we should just chill, remain calm, you know, watch the cooking program or whatever it was. I didn't want to use all of my tools straight away. I just wanted to remain calm because I knew that the early labor could be quite a while, could take quite long. Um, so we continued sitting on the sofa watching this cooking program. And then I felt another wave feeling. And at that point I was like, okay, this, this could be happening. Um, it was definitely more intense than the first one. And I just knew it, it was going to happen. So then I got up and stood behind the sofa and leant over and started to rock and sway. Um, and then as the waves would pick up or now, or I now know they were contractions, I would continue to rock and sway. And that just helped me to kind of distract my mind and go with the sensation. And then they started to build in intensity. And I remembered that we had purchased a TENS machine, didn't we? And so I think I said to you, Tom, can you go and get it? <laughs> so he ran upstairs, got the TENS machine and we stood up in the kitchen. Uh, you tell this bit because it's a bit of a... Well, I think they say that you should practice using it in advance because you don't want the first time to be using it to be when you really need it. Yeah. And I think that's a good piece of advice. Um because it's kind of opening the box and finding batteries and putting it all together. And I think we, well, you probably had quite a lot of hope that that was going to be a really important part of managing the pain naturally. Yeah. Um, and then, well, <laughs> within about two seconds of it being on you, um, I don't know whether we've done something wrong, but I think it maybe just isn't a sensation that everybody can get on with because no. you were just shouting at me to get it off you. <laughs> I mean, I just say, get it off me now! <laughs> so, yeah, that was uh, a bit of a failed experiment. But, um, yeah, luckily we were able to sell on eBay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you got quite a good price for it, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, didn't get a bad price. Yeah, so I, that, that just didn't work for me. But, you know, it, it could it could definitely work for other people, I think. I'm not going to poo-poo it completely. Um, so then as the contractions were building in intensity, uh, we decided to go upstairs and set up the room for labour. So made the room really dark. We had our little sun lamp on, um, on a kind of low light setting. And then I used uh, Emma Kenny's birth preparation audio which is amazing if you haven't checked it out go to her youtube it's really incredible like she, her words are so super powerful she says things like you are mother you are creator and it's just amazing i, I really really enjoyed using that um then i ran a bath as well didn't i tom but that didn't go to plan because i couldn't sit down at all i just found that that made the contractions so much more worse so basically what i was doing to kind of manage the pain is i was in the shower um really nice and warm and as the contraction would come in i would kind of lean forward and stomp my feet and then I would watch the water splash against my toes. And that was like a real distraction away from the contraction itself. And I was also slapping my hands against the side. Again, none of this was planned. I was just kind of going what, with what felt right for my body. So I'd read a few books and I'd had a few tools in my mind, but 
really and truly you just don't know what it's going to be like until you're actually in labor and i was just going what intu with what intuitively felt right at the time so i was in the shower um then i would get out and then be on the birth uh, ball so kind of lent over on the birth ball butt naked in a very vulnerable state which i think you have to be in uh, to give birth i really think that's true like you need to just be vulnerable and open um, and then I put the duvet over my head and over my body and was kind of swaying, uh, rocking and swaying on the birth ball. And then I would uh, take the duvet off and then run back in the shower and then kind of go between the shower, the birth ball, um, and then just kind of leaning on the wall and rocking and swaying. So just rotating between these positions. Um, Tom, what did you make of what I was doing? I mean, it certainly wasn't anything I'd seen before. <laughs> I think it was, uh, but it seemed to be working for you. And I suppose, as you say, this wasn't anything you'd planned. Yeah. Um, but I was, yeah, at times, most of the time, fairly comfortable and confident that you knew what you were doing. But then you were also shivering quite a lot. So trying to mm. get you warm when you'd come out of the shower, um, as you say, putting the duvet over you and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, and then getting getting snacks whenever you felt there was a period where you wanted to eat something or drink something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was definitely, it was very active. Yeah. I don't think I, I didn't lie down at all, really. Hardly, no. No. Which is why you were so tired by the morning, really. Yeah, yeah. But I must say, Tom, there was definitely a point at which I realised that this was going to be me, that I had to cope with this. And I think you did too. Like we've been together for 11 years now and I, I really do believe I didn't need to tell you that I needed to be on my own in a way. I know you were kind of in the background hovering, getting me the snacks, but you also kind of stayed out of my way a bit, I think. Because we'd learned a lot on hypnobirthing that, you know, the birth partner had to do a lot of counting, light touch massage, all of that went out the window. We didn't do any of that, did we? <laughs> so labor had started at about seven in the evening and so we're now about five in the morning and Tom's job was to time the contractions on this app that we had downloaded. <laughs> I don't think you did a very good job at that, <laughs> did you? <laughs> I think this is a bit unfair. So I think the app was confusing because I couldn't tell if I was timing between the start of each contraction or between the end of one and the start of the next. So... Yeah, I got into a bit of bit of a pickle. You, you were say. also falling asleep, maybe a little <laughs> bit, a little no, bit of snooze. I would, I would fall asleep, and then you would have another contraction. I would wake up and press the button, and then try and stay awake until the end of the contraction to press the button again. And then, and then fall, fall asleep. asleep. So I was having these micro naps for about three minutes, you... four minutes at a time, um, whilst eating wine gums to try and. Stay my energy in <laughs> well i take that as a compliment so if you can fall asleep while i was in full-blown labor i'm gonna take that <laughs> as a compliment so one of the main things that i was doing to manage the pain was using sound and by that i mean vocalizing the pain and i've spoken about this uh, in my previous podcast but i really do believe that this helped me to take charge of my labor and using sound was a way to be one decibel higher than the pain and really kind of manage and uh, be in control of the sensations rather than being really helpless. And definitely before 
going through labor myself, I had an idea in my mind that I would be very calm, serene, you know, potentially breathe the baby out. That was like my goal. But actually being in labor, it just was so counterintuitive. Making sounds and being primitive felt right. Um, What did you make of all the sounds? Yeah, they were pretty... Unique. Very unique. <laughs> they are definitely not noises I'd heard you make before, but it again, as you say, they seem to be working for you. So, mm. yeah, I just kind of... Um, I think the first time I heard them, I was a bit shocked and I thought that you were really, you know, about to die. Really? Did, <laughs> so, that's what I was going to say. Did you, did you hear pain? Mm. Mm. Definitely felt like you were, you were fighting something mm. or you were trying to control something maybe mm. but uh yeah I think it was after a while it was just happening all the time so you then got a bit used to it you get used to it you <laughs> sort of zone it out a little bit yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, But there was definitely one point which I know now was when I was transitioning. So this was about five in the morning. I don't know if you did you did you sense that there was a point at which I was losing it? I don't know about losing it, but you were definitely really tired. You just kept saying how tired you were and that you weren't sure you'd be able to do any further. Yeah, I think that was the point. So it's notoriously known that when a woman transitions, they say things such as, I want to give up, I can't do this. And I definitely felt that moment. I was also quite tearful and just, yeah, just felt like, oh my God, I I actually just can't do this any longer. And I think that's where you kind of stepped up a bit, Tom, didn't you? You you, were... To my rescue a little bit, I think. No, look, I mean, I think it was clear at that stage that I wasn't going to get any more sleep. (laughs) (laughs) So I should get out of the bed and try and help. So, so yeah, I kind of, yeah, well, we phoned phoned the the hospital at that point, really, because that was when, well, according to my timing, (laughs) you weren't quite ready to go in, but the lady said, well, if you're not sure... It sounds as though they're pretty regular now yeah. and quite close together. So yeah, do do come in, um, and we don't have a we don't have a car, so it was a case of getting a taxi, um, a nice London black cab. Yeah, yeah. Um, really friendly cabbie who turned up. We've got you in. I think we had got a, the hospital bags mostly ready by that stage. We yeah, definitely yeah. weren't ready on the due date, right. but the week the week that followed, we were then sort of getting bits together. Um, so it was all into the cab and then about, I don't know, 20 minute drive, 15 minute drive. What was like I, that. what was I doing at that time? It's a bit of a, bit of a uh, you were, I think you were trying to put a brave face on it, but you were, you were kind of kneeling on the floor and the taxi driver had all the windows open. I think you were, maybe you'd asked him for fresh air or something. Yeah. Um, and he was, well, as ever around London, there's lots of speed bumps and lots of traffic lights, although there weren't any cars really out the roads because it was so quiet so early in the morning but he was definitely trying to get us there quickly um, quickly yeah he was a nice guy um chatting away trying to distract us. i just remember hearing him saying don't worry love we're we're nearly there we're nearly there (laughs) maybe he secretly wanted me to give birth in his taxi i think that's a black cabbie's dream so then we got to the hospital and got to the reception desk and it was at that point where the contraction came in and the midwife came up to me and she said, excuse me, lady, are you pushing? And I said, yeah, like, I can't help it. Like, and I think she could hear from the sounds I was making, it was it was a pushing sound. So I had that urge to push at that point. 
And she said, no, 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 you've got to wait until I tell you to push. Come on, we need to go and assess you. So they put me into the room and Tom, you had to stand outside at that point because of COVID. And they propped me up on the bed and there was one midwife behind my head and the other one on the other end doing the assessing. And I just remember seeing her face look up to the other midwife who was behind me and she had a mask on her face so I could only sense her expression through her eyes. But she said, she's fully dilated, get her to the birth center now. And at that point I hear Tom burst into tears outside. Um, I think at this point I was just like, oh my God, like I've kind of done it now, you know? Uh, all I need to do is push. Um, what did you What did you feel at this point, Tom? Yeah, I suppose I was, um, yeah, I was definitely a bit emotional. I like my sleep, so I'd had a very disturbed night, so maybe that had contributed to it. I was feeling, I was feeling quite tired as well. Yeah. Um, but no, it was, um, yeah, it was exciting, I suppose, because you'd waited all that time. Mm. Um, yeah. So no, it was great, great feeling to be there, and I suppose a relief to then be in the hands of uh, of the professionals really at that point. Yeah, I think it was really good to, to labour at home, but I also felt quite comforted being in the hospital. Um, yeah, just having that support network was brilliant. Um, then I got off the bed and tried to walk to the birth centre and she looked at me like, no, darling, get on the wheelchair. You're not doing any more walking. Um, so then they, they wheeled me over, Tom kind of following along and the lady was actually singing, we're going to have a baby, we're going to have a baby. <laughs> at that point, um, which was really nice. Uh, so we get in the, the birth center. And at that point I was like, do you know what? I want some gas in there. Like I've done most of this without any drugs and without any help. Uh, not that that was actually in the plan. I was always open to have some gas in there and anything. In fact, I was not going to be close to anything, um, anything that I needed to help me, you know, give birth uh, successfully, you know, and um, safely. So we're in the birth center. And I take the first hit of gas and air. And just remember, I've not had anything to drink for nine months at this point. And I honestly felt really high. I think I started singing Bob Marley. What was I, what was I doing, Tom? Yeah, you were singing Bob Marley. You had this weird uh, kind of Jamaican accent. Oh and my you God. Were, I think you were basically just really stoned. <laughs> yeah, super high. Yeah. Um, I actually quite enjoyed it though. Uh, just at that moment, it was quite it was quite a relief to just not be feeling anything uh, anymore. But after a few hits, um, I started to realize that actually the sensation of the highness or whatever was taking me away from being in the present moment and focusing. Um, actually, it wasn't helping me at all. So I put it to one side and I wanted to kind of get in the zone for the pushing phase stage rather. Um, so then started to push, I was on all fours and it took about an hour and a half of trying, trying, trying. And I think the midwife saw that I was in such a zone and she didn't want to disturb me. Um, but after an hour and a half, she actually just said, should we just try a new position? And I wish she had asked me before actually, but I think, I guess she just thought, oh, I'll leave her alone. Um, but I was just too tired. I forgot that you were supposed to move and try different positions. I was just like, I want to just stay still and hopefully she'll come out. Um, but actually, uh, she moved me to the birth stool and I remember thinking to myself, I need to let go. Like I need to just let go of this baby. There was something that was holding on. And as I just thought to myself, okay, 
this is it, I'm gonna let go with every ounce of my being, my soul, my heart, I need to be open in every sense. And it was at that moment I felt the contraction come in and I, I just, all I can explain is that I let go and Juniper was born at that moment on the birth stool. I think she kind of flew out, right, Tom? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I wish I had video footage of it because I'm pretty sure that she almost hit the floor. <laughs> really? But yeah, I think, I think the midwife did well to sort of scoop her up, but it was one of those ones where if you had a video playback, you might have just seen her head like millimeters from yeah the <laughs> she seems okay yeah i think she's okay isn't she um so then they they handed her to me so they 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 brought her up and popped her on my chest um and i wouldn't say i felt the rush of love that everyone speaks about because i'm just going to be honest i think it's important to you know be honest about our experiences but what i did feel is a sense of wonder and I remember her looking up at me with her inquisitive eyes. She wasn't actually crying. I think she was just looked kind of shell-shocked. Um, I didn't even know how to hold her. I felt like it was a very awkward moment. It wasn't the perfect moment that we're kind of presented with on the media. It was more of a kind of awkward, but like, oh, don't know what to do with ourselves moment. Um, I did have a very small tear. So then they moved me onto another bed to go and get stitched up. And at that point, Tom, I think you walked over and went to the incubator. They put her in the incubator just to check everything was okay. And Tom was with Juniper. Uh, yeah, it was like yeah. a, I think it was like a weighing station. It oh, had like a it? light, like a heat light to keep her warm. Okay. Um, so yeah, they were putting her in, well, we had to put first nappy on. And yeah. so I was just basically learning what, what to do really. How to put the nappy on. Yeah, how to put a nappy on. Yeah. I've learned that quite well since then. <laughs> oh my God, we were changing so many nappies in the beginning because we thought the blue line was... Well, every time there's a tiny bit of wee, we changed it, basically. Because yeah, she yeah. was crying, we thought that was the reason why, but I think it's just babies cry. Babies cry, yeah. <laughs> but the blue line is quite misleading because like, if the nappy gets a tiny bit wet, it will show the blue line. So we must have been going through like 20 a day. Madness. <laughs> Um, but I was lying back on the bed getting stitched up and at that point I thought, you know what, I'm just going to enjoy this gas and air. I'm just going to enjoy myself. And so I started having lots of gas and air at that point. The midwife actually just said, oh, can you ease off the gas and, gas and air? And I remember looking over to Tom and Juniper and thinking, oh my God, like this is, this is real. Um, and I guess a part of me was thinking, oh, Tom's not with me at this time he's with Juniper while I'm getting stitched up. And it was quite a mixed feeling actually, because in one way I was like, wow, like this, this is the new dynamic almost, you know, she takes priority, well, obviously she does, she's our, both of our priorities, but it was just that interesting uh, kind of conflicting experience of wanting Tom to be near me, but also with Juniper, um, which was quite interesting. Uh, then they finished stitching me up. Um, I think the midwives gave us some time alone, didn't they, with uh, with Juniper? Uh, they taught me how to breastfeed. Well, at least start the breastfeeding process. It was it definitely wasn't easy, um, but yeah, the midwives were super helpful. And then we were just in a bit of a bubble, weren't we, at that point? Yeah, it was quite. So that was about nine o'clock in the morning, and then I suppose we had the whole day just yeah. with people popping in at various points and. Yeah. food coming in for you I don't think they fed me so I had to pop out and get my own food yeah um yeah I suppose just 
quite a strange day and you hadn't slept at all obviously the night before and I'd had a pretty disturbed night yeah. so I think we were just tired and mm. chilling out making phone calls yeah. um, letting family know Tom has just gone to fetch Juniper is she awake? hello Nini <laughs> she's awake you can hear her. We've just been recording the birth story when you were born, sweetie. All right, I'll let you get on. So that's the end of our birth story, guys. Lovely to kind of sit with Tom and relive it. And I really hope that you guys have enjoyed listening. All right, then connect with me on Instagram, pop that mama. If you are listening and this story has touched you in any way, shape or form, then do drop me a message. I would absolutely love to hear from you. All right. Bye-bye and Happy New Year.